Happy holidays, Aspire community. The show continues to grow, and I couldn't do it without you sharing about the podcast. Thank you for those who have been telling other folks to listen each week. We are continuously growing, not only in the United States, but educators in Australia, Canada, India, and Great Britain are tuning in each week. If you're new to the show, welcome. We are so excited for you to use this resource to enhance your leadership journey. If you didn't hear last week's episode, Papa Rob's Coffee is the official sponsor of the Aspire to Lead podcast. Thank you to everyone who has ordered this delicious coffee. With the holidays around the corner, Rob has some wonderful coffee bundles created with fantastic travel and ceramic mugs with, of course, his fresh roasted coffee. On this Small Business Saturday, please go to paparobscoffee.com, use the code ASPIRE15, and grab your holiday bundle. This week's guest is Hunter Flesh, and he's currently a middle school teacher, mentor, and host of the Ed Essentials podcast, and I'm super excited to talk with him as we dive into his aspiring leadership journey. Welcome back, everyone, to Aspire to Lead, where we will be discussing the visions, inspirations, and experiences from top educational leaders. My name is Joshua Stamper, and you can connect with me on Twitter or on Instagram at Joshua underscore Stamper. Aspire listeners, you're in for a treat because I have Hunter Flesh, who's a part of the Teach Better Podcast Network with a phenomenal podcast, the Ed Essentials Podcast. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about a lot of different things, including his master's program, what he's doing in leadership. I'm so excited because Hunter is a phenomenal aspiring leader, and I can't wait to dive in. Hunter, thank you so much for being on the Aspire to Lead podcast. It's an honor to be here. Too many kind words, Josh, and <laughs> I appreciate that. I need more criticism. I'm here for feedback. That's what it's really about. Oh, goodness. I don't think we have enough time for that, Hunter. I, actually, there's going to yeah. be very little feedback. I, I want you to <laughs> provide some guidance, on honestly, because you know I've had so many people on the show that have been doing leadership for so long you know, to give wisdom and advice, and I love having the perspective of someone that's on the other side of it, learning and, and trying to get leadership experience. So before we you know, dive into all that, I'd love to learn a little bit about your educational and leadership journey. Yeah. So my name is Hunter Flesh. I'm born and raised here in Des Moines, Iowa. I'm currently a seventh grade science teacher. I'm also a mentor teacher. So I get to coach a, a set of science and social studies teachers, which has been a really great leadership experience for me yeah. early on in my career. Part of the MTSS team with my school. And then like Josh said, I'm currently pursuing my master's in educational leadership. So aspiring to be a principal someday, hoping to transform school systems for the betterment of students. So that's kind of the macro level, uh, micro level kind of growing up. I was always in a family of educators. My mom and dad were both teachers for a long time. Mom went to the dark side and became an administrator, like everyone says, but she really inspired me to be thinking and considering this whole leadership route and what that was all about. You know, my dad had been a science teacher his whole career, never really wanted it. My mom absolutely loved it. Obviously had her bumps and bruises along the way as every leader does and as every educator does, to be honest. Um, but just growing up around the dinner table with that constant conversation of, you know, what's going on at school? And this parent said, what to you? And what are these students learning about today? And just all those stories really kind of caught my attention early on. And so growing up, people always asked me what I wanted to be. I said, I wanted to be an educator. I wanted to be in education, be a teacher. And they said, well, what would you be if you couldn't be an educator? And I said, I'd be homeless because I don't really know what else I would do. Um, it's just never been a second thought. And so I'm really happy to be where I am today, teaching kids. I love it. 
Well, let's let's talk about the dark side because I, I experienced that myself where I got <laughs> into my master's program, started doing a lot of leadership, and that was one of the things that was mostly said as far as my peers, you know, why would you want to do that? You're going to the dark side, the whole nine yards, right? So I'm curious, just, you know, as you're going through this shift of teacher to, you know, being seen as a building leader with all the different things that you're doing, has there been a dynamic shift at all between, you know, how you're perceived on campus? Uh, Not even necessarily how I'm perceived by others. It's more so how I'm perceiving everything else around me. You know, when you go through your master's in education leadership, the big thing that's really hitting home for me is this shift of being a part of the system to seeing the system in its entirety. And oh my gosh, like the day-to-day aha moments you have or the little, oh, you you kind of view um, daily happenings in a different way um, because you start looking at things through a different lens. That's been the biggest transformation for me is just my own mental model and how I approach my job and how I'm like, I'm receiving information, if that makes sense from everyone else around me, from the decisions that are being made. You can understand all the little domino effects of, you know, the principal says this, and then this happens, and this happens, and this happens, and here's why. Whereas before, you know, you kind of go into your role each day, just thinking about your own little classroom and you're on your own little island. And that's nice because you have a lot of control over that. You, you know how that operates but sometimes it's hard to understand how the big picture works. So that's been the biggest transformation for me so far in my master's program. Yeah, so as an aspiring leader, what are some things that you're wanting to get outside of your four walls and experience? I know for me, I was like trying to gather as much information and get as much experience as possible. And I probably was taking on too much too quickly just because I was so hungry to, to get that knowledge. But I'm curious for yourself, what were some of the things that you wanted to get your hands on? There is so many things that you want to know, like going in. I, I find myself calling my mom a lot and and talking to her about her job and, and what she did um, as a high school principal, as a middle school principal. And it's one of those jobs that I'm quickly understanding that even if you go through the best master's program in the world, and I feel like the one I'm going through is really, really solid. And even if you have a great group of people around you, there's still just going to be things that you may not know, you may not have it figured out until you go through it. But in the power of today, there are so many ways that you can find that information. So so the big thing for me, first of all, that first item on the laundry list is just the feeling of assurance that there, there are answers out there. The situations that you're put in as a leader are absolutely 100% challenging and difficult. And you might even be the only person that's capable or honestly, the only person that can make a decision on something. And that's a lot of pressure. Um, so I think going in, knowing you have so many resources, the most resources available to humans in all of history, I have to remind myself of that a lot. <laughs> you have amazing connections. You also have a lot of good people around you that are going through the same thing that you can bounce ideas off of. So that's the first thing. Um, you know, what comes to mind next is how the heck am I going to run a school? You know, what are this, what's the day-to-day operations, um, you know, from the bus drop off to bus, to bus pickup you know, what is my job? How often should I be getting into classrooms? How am I viewed as an instructional leader? How do I coach? How do I ensure there's accountability with teachers? How do I hold high standards? How do I have tough conversations? Mm-hmm. And all of these questions that come to mind, and, and a lot of it's coming back down to your values, your philosophy around education in general, because if you're not very clear on how you are as a leader and how you want to be perceived by others as a leader, that affects all 
those little decisions that you end up making um, on a day-to-day basis. So still formulating that, still figuring that out. Obviously, I've got another year, so I've got time. Um, but I think it's if we get so caught up in the minutia of every little detail, every little question, I mean, that's going to burn you out. You know, it comes back down to who you are as as a leader um, and how you're going to choose to operate each and every day. When I've also seen aspiring leaders that are like, well, I don't want to go into the next position until I know everything. (laughs) I'm like, well, you're going to be doing that for a really long time. It might be a decade before you feel like you're ready for that. Because like you said, a lot of times it's just the experience because you can't make up some of the things and the situations that you will go through as an administrator and nothing. No master's program, no book, no conversation will prepare you for that except for going through it so i want to look at leadership strategies i know Mm -hmm. as a building leader or aspiring leader as you're working through some of these tough decisions and you're helping out with the administration team what are some strategies that you've used so far that have been beneficial be willing to ask good questions Um, I, i found in my short experience in education in a lot of the conversations with superintendents with principals assistant principals And teachers, I mean, anyone really in education, if you're willing to ask the right questions, that's going to make time spent in a meeting. That's going to make time spent in a committee. I kind of like that word just drives me nuts sometimes. (laughs) Um, But time time spent with other educators trying to do work, which is a lot of like when you think about it, the majority of your day is you in a classroom. So then the times where you're spent collaborating, when we talk about that, are you asking the right types of questions? And if you're not, then that's probably going to tell me a lot about how effective that time's being spent. Um, so make sure that you're asking the right questions. And if nobody's asking questions, that's a red flag. Mm-hmm. Be the one to ask the questions. One of the best leaders I've met, um, Danny Trimble. Um, shout out Danny Trimble, Dr. Trimble. Um, <laughs> she's a superintendent here in Iowa. And I was able to um, shadow her all day. And, and most of her time spent was simply sitting, listening, and then knowing exactly when to ask a prompting question to get people on the right track or to get people to think about this thing a certain way. Not dominating a meeting, not running the agenda, simply her asking good questions. And I think that's that's a really, really powerful skill that just comes with time and comes with um, knowing where you want to go and having that sort of look around the corner, even when your staff doesn't know kind of where you're going. So that'd be my first piece of advice is to ask the right questions. I'd also add, just keep things simple. Uh, When there's so much on our plates, uh, especially with teachers these days, there's so much that we're asking of them. How can you communicate simpler? How can you provide tasks that are simpler? And that's not to say less rigorous. It's simply, can you streamline things? Can you make information more accessible? And it kind of connects back to what I was saying earlier with the leadership style. Is that predictable? Right. Is that something that people can depend on and, and get comfortable with so that way they can begin to mentally deal with all the other rigorous parts of the job? Um, if they're trying to guess and check how you're going to respond to a question they have or something along those lines, that's going to give them anxiety in addition to all the other work that they already have to do. So how can you be more predictable and how can you keep things simpler for them so that way they can focus on their job? Maybe the last thing I would add would be really ask this question. And I've been talking to a lot of people about what this means, but are you doing the right type of work? And what I mean by that is thinking about your system and thinking about all the all the different ways that your teachers, your paras, your your bus drivers, everyone involved in the system, 
are they being leveraged in the right way? Are the resources that are available to you in the time spent during the day spent on the right things? Are we spending time in a committee meeting talking about, you know, little Johnny's family and all the issues going on at home? Or are we talking about the time spent here and what we can do for him? I think that if we're not focused on that right work, we get caught up in redundant systems. We get caught up in, oh, well, this is how we've always done it type mentalities. And that's really, really a scary thing for a school to be stuck in. Time management. Let's let's dive into that because I think that's important for any aspiring leader because with the gain of experience and a master's program and all of the different committees and projects that you want to be a part of, what you don't realize is with that excitement and the hunger to do all these different things, it's just more and more being added to your plate. So for... I know you're this way. I was this way. You're trying to gain as much experience as possible. And then you're looking at it and like, I feel like certain things are not going well because of my focus and my time management. So is that something that you've fallen into? And if so, like, what are some things that have worked for you to make sure that something doesn't fall into the wayside? Mm. Yeah, that's such a natural thing for any person. And I think it's, I think it's even more so for educators. I, I think there's in society, people don't really know how much is being asked of teachers how much is being asked of principals. Um, you know, we, we talk about teacher burnout a lot. Oh my gosh, have you looked at principal and leaders in terms of burnout yeah, um, right and, and the rate it would, it's, it's insane. And so you're absolutely right. You know, I don't know if there's any magic wand you can wave to say, I will have enough time in the day to do everything I need, but somehow, some way you got to get it done. And so for you, for any leader that's aspiring or currently in the role, strongly consider that question I asked earlier, is this the right work that I need to be doing right now? You know, what's going to move the needle in terms of student success, in terms of the most teacher support possible? You know, what are my highest leverage opportunities? And am I spending the right amount of time on that? Are there things that I can cut right now? Like you kind of said it, there's there's no way you can, you can do every single aspect of the job every single day. There's just so much. Um, so it's kind of knowing what your non-negotiables are you know, student learning is a non-negotiable. Are you spending a lot of time, you know, talking about student learning? Are you getting into classrooms? If your non-negotiable is, I want to be there and be present for my teachers, are you getting in the classroom? Have you set up a system with your secretary where she, she or he blocks off, you know, time for you to get in rooms, you know, and have you made that a priority? And what I found too is that uh, a lot of leaders tend to let things fall by the wayside if they're not coached as well. And so if, if you're in a principal role, you better be asking your superintendent to say, hey, I really want help in these areas. Can you help me? Can you coach me? And I think especially leaders, you know, we have a lot of principals and assistant principals who are high achievers who want to do well, but that often results in you carrying that burden and you burn out and you had all, all this vigor and this excitement for this job. And then you're wondering, well, why am I feeling so tired all the time? Why do I feel so busy? Well, are you focusing on the right things? It's not a you problem, but sometimes you need that extra set of eyes and that um, that coaching voice to say, hey, this is what you should be focusing on. Or, hey, have you checked in on that? Because there are so many things that happen in the day of a principal yeah. that if you don't have someone kind of dialing you back in, then you're going to let things fall to the wayside. So that's what I found to be helpful is having a really good coach. Well, and I want to go back to something you talked about because you said that you shadowed a superintendent. 
Mm -hmm. I want to highlight that and kudos to you for doing that because not a lot of folks realize that that's something that's a part of the process of becoming a leader is that you need to make sure that you see the job and you see different roles. And, you know, if you aspire to be a superintendent, well, you better be with them, ask them questions or shadowing them like you did. And the same with the principal and some of the other leadership roles. So is there a mentorship program that you have like constructed or do you have multiple people that you lean on because you know you talked about it you know it doesn't matter if you're a principal that's been working for 20 years like you need to make sure that you have someone to to bounce ideas off of go through that reflection process and learn from so do you have several people set up for your own system Mm -hmm. so for our master's program they do a really good job of setting that up so for each um, clinical program we have a mentor principal um, and we've had, we have two different principals at, um, the elementary and the middle slash high school level. So that's been really nice. You know, one is my current principal at my school and the other is a elementary principal at a local district. So having those two leaders sort of in the, my back pocket to be able to say, Hey, this is for grad class. And by the way, if you say it's for school or if you say it's for anything like that, they will respond so fast. They want to help you. They want to coach you. People are just waiting to spew all this information out to you. Yeah, so you just got to ask, um, in terms of the superintendent uh, and other administrators I've connected with, it's it's simply like personal network. Mm-hmm. So the superintendent I shadowed is the mother of one of my former coworkers. And so we had an extra day during Thanksgiving break uh, last year where they were still in school. We weren't. We road tripped up there and counted it for clinical hours. Um, but it was eight hours of a school day, you know, following her, looking at PLCs, just getting to see literally like a whole other school system function. And again, having that mentality of how is the system working and, and getting out of your own system that you might be currently in. Like that's a huge thing is that perspective. So, and nowadays, if you are willing to ask and connect, like you and I hosting a podcast, you reach out to any principal, any superintendent, just start Googling districts close to you and say, Hey, here's what I'm hoping for. Um, I'd really love for you to consider it. You know, would you be willing to let me shadow you for a day or for half a day or for whatever, or even just start a connection socially uh, or digitally on social media or whatever it is. Yeah. And they'll coach you. Um, but you gotta be willing to ask. So that's, that's how I found a lot of my connections. This podcast is a proud member of the Teach Better Podcast Network. Better today, better tomorrow, and the podcast to get you there. You can find out more at teachbetter.com slash podcasts. Now let's get back to the episode. Well, let's talk about some more of those connections because you have a phenomenal podcast. You brought it up just a second ago, the Ed Essentials podcast. So I would love to hear the origin story of why you constructed that podcast. For my audience, I would love for them to check your show out. So what are they going to get when they uh, listen to an episode? Yeah. So the Ed Essentials podcast is all about a, a show that's giving teachers and leaders strategies that work. I found in my time beginning as an educator, you know, sitting at the dinner table with my parents, they'd always talk about these problems in education, always talk about the struggles and being stuck in the system. And I always thought in the back of my head, you know, could this be different? Could education be different than what, you know, it is right now? And they were, they were saying, you know, they'd bring up so many excuses that they'd bring up the challenges and the barriers. And granted, those are very real things. But in my mind, I'm still just like, it could be better than this. Um, it can, this isn't the end, right? And so starting this podcast really stemmed from that question of like, it, we can be better. And so going through my college program, I did a lot of writing, re- reflecting on student teaching and realized, you know, writing is, takes a lot of time. 
I'd rather have a face-to-face conversation with somebody. And so turned it into a podcast. Started out with an assistant principal. Things got busy. I kind of took it over and sort of rebranded it to the Ed Essentials podcast. And now I get to the honor of connecting with educators like yourself, educators from across the world, just to pick their brain and learn. I found that 99% of the educators that I've reached out to have either responded to me or have ended up being on an episode. And so again, you got to be willing to ask. And, and the podcast just gives me a great excuse to talk to amazing educators. Well, and I'm assuming you've learned quite a bit through those conversations also. Yes. Just, just a couple of things. Just a couple of things. When you're having a conversation with you know, Dr. John Hattie or Todd Whitaker or Ken Williams and yeah. these amazing educators you you know think are just in the education like heavens of like, oh my gosh, I want to be them. And then they're sitting on a Zoom call with you. It's kind of surreal. Yeah. Um, but even educators in my own building, even educators that, you know, my parents grew up with and worked with or educators that are just local that are doing amazing things, just getting to learn from them has been just as wonderful. So you're going through a master's program now. You've got a fantastic podcast. You know, are there things that you're still longing to learn as far as leadership? Josh, I don't think there'll be ever a time where I'm not longing to learn things. Because like you said, there are so many different situations in education that like you can't, there's no book for it. There's nothing that can prepare you. And education's constantly changing. So with that drive of, I want to be better, I want to know better so I can do better and make education better, that that's the stem for every single episode I have. And, and when people ask me about you know, how do you come up with episode ideas or how do you come up with such good questions? It's, it's not magic. It's all stuff that is coming from day-to-day work. And if you're just in the thick of work, those questions are going to come. And yeah, you could read a book on it. You could go read a 300 page, you know, research based book. And that's great. That has its place. I kind of want to talk to the guy who researched it and wrote it, (laughs) you know, and that's kind of my, that's kind of my mindset is just go straight to the source and ask the question that I want to ask. And a podcast is a great excuse to do that. I'm just curious, now that you've gotten some leadership experience and you've got a little bit of a chance to get outside of your classroom and lead amongst the building, have you had kind of an aha moment where you feel like, wow, that was a really valuable lesson through this experience? Yeah, I think the aha moment is when people start coming to you for questions. People start seeing you as that person that, oh man, you know, and in my school, unfortunately there's turnover yeah and and now i'm you know my fourth year in and i'm a more veteran teacher at my school yeah um and so you just kind of find naturally that people come to you i think it was honestly a aha moment people started coming to me and there was this whole issue with well hunter the principal said this the assistant principal said this and now we don't know what to do what do you think and i'm trying to clarify the situation for them i'm like okay here's where he's coming from here's where she's coming from Let's try and make this decision yeah. or here's how you could respond. Just being that sort of support for these teachers at my school, I'm starting to sense that that move that, okay, something's different now mm-hmm. and, and maybe it's time to start thinking about what's next. Yeah. That's progression as far as how people are viewing you. That says a lot about the relationship with you and it's scary to go talk to assistant principal or principal. You don't want to look like you weren't listening or you didn't yeah. understand or you're weak in some way. And so... For to have another person that is closer to the peer level to be able to ask questions and feel comfortable and get that knowledge is, is wonderful. So I'm glad people are, are leaning on you. That's exactly where they should be going. 
Hunter, I want to ask a question that I asked all of my guests, and it's I'm really curious on your answer here. So for our aspiring or current leaders, if they can do something tomorrow or next week to enhance their leadership journey, what would you advise them to do? Listen to this podcast. <laughs> uh, if you listen to this podcast, you're doing a great job already. In all honesty, it comes back to what questions do you have and are you asking the right ones? And think about who you're asking them to. Mm-hmm. Think about the questions you're asking. Think about who you're asking them to. Um, you know, there's a common saying of you're the, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Okay, well, maybe you're also the average of the five questions you ask the most <laughs> or the types of questions you ask those five people. Um, there's always going to be leaders in your corner. There's always going to be educators in your corner. Lean on them. Do not hesitate to ask a question. Um, we always try to put on a brave face or we want to be the person that's has all the answers and you're simply going to burn out as a leader. And oftentimes you'll come off as disingenuous. Yep. You won't come off as very humble. You won't be seen to have much humility. Um, but it's important to know what questions you're asking and if they're the right questions. And if you're asking the right questions, both of other people and of yourself, you're going to be in good hands. All right, Hunter, I got one more question for you. All right. Bonus question. Bonus question. Because I'm curious now. So you talked about being younger and having two parents that were in education and having those conversations about education and what needed to change and what could be better. So now that you're more mature and you've had that thought process, what is something that as a leader you want to change first? I want to find a way to make every single teacher that comes into my building love school again. And if every teacher is loving school and loving their job and loving what they do, then my work is done because students are going to love what they're learning and loving what they're doing. And it's not to say that they are always going to be happy right? and that everything's going to be sunshines, sunshine and rainbows. Um, but if it is a culture truly built on love for the job, doing whatever it takes for the students sitting in front of you, we're going to be okay. How do we get there? That's a whole, that's this entire show. That's a whole another, I need another master's degree for that. Yeah. Um, that's a 10 part series I, Hunter. Oh my gosh. I know. <laughs> but yeah, if, if I can help everyone love, uh, you know, their job on a daily basis, you know, I'm, I'm doing something right. Yeah. That's, that's the one thing I would change. I love it. Well, sir, I want folks to connect with you. You talked about, you know, finding a network of, of leaders to go through this journey with, and I would love for my listeners to be able to do that with you. So how can they connect with you on social media? Yeah, I mainly live on Instagram. My handle is at Ed Essentials. If you type in Hunter Flesh, just my name or E-D-E-S-S, Essential, whatever, Ed Essentials, yep. type it in, it'll pop up. Um, same thing, Twitter, um, Hunter Flesh at Ed Essentials. Um, I love communicating with audience members. My DMs are always open. Ask me questions. Let's brainstorm. Let's solve all the world's problems. I'm always, always here to support you because, you know, I'm still new in my education career. I feel like I just started yesterday. (laughs) Sometimes I forget that I started teaching during the pandemic and that time froze. And so I still feel like a first year teacher sometimes. Um, but without, you know, the teach better team, without people like Josh, Without all the amazing people I've met, you know, on Instagram and Twitter and whatnot, oh my God, I would not be the educator I am. And so reach out because we're all in this together. For sure. 
Well, Hunter, you said earlier, I hope to be a building principal and make a difference. And I know, sir, that that is going to happen sooner than you know. And I am so excited to see the progress in your leadership journey and how you're going to make a change and make education better. I'm so honored not only to have you on the Teach Better Podcast Network, but then also as a guest on Aspire to Lead. Thank you so much for joining me this evening. The honor is all mine. Thank you, Josh.